the run is the last event. And when I came to do the run uh, after biking, there was nobody out there in front of me. And I wasn't quite sure where the next turn was. So I turned down into this into this uh, this area and I figured out, well, that there's there's no markers. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. We all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. All right, welcome in everybody to the Run the Race podcast. I'm your uh, host extraordinaire here with you about every week, Jason Dennis, TV news anchor down here in the Georgia, Alabama area. And uh, as I record this, um, this is going to come out next week, but as I record it, I'm about to go run my marathon in my 20th state, uh, Minnesota. Um, But our guest today is somebody that I uh, have looked up to really all my life. And he's actually uh, almost twice my age. He's and he's a family member. He is my uncle, Jim Rossborough, who's lived for a long time in Houston, Texas. Uh, He was born on the island of Aruba in 1935. So he turns 87 years old this December or 87 years young, we'll say. Um, And he recently ran his uh, last triathlon. At least he says he's retired. Um, He did two sprints this year and retiring after 130 races. You heard that right. Uh, He's been invited to the world championships triathlon in Chicago and Cozumel, where he finished second and fifth invited also to the worlds in Bermuda last year, where it was canceled and then passed on this year's worlds in Toronto. Uh, Earlier in that he attended Cornell university graduated in 1958 with a degree in chemical engineering had a short stint in the Army, commissioned as a second lieutenant, and then had a 35-year career with Shell Oil Company. He married my Aunt Naomi in August 1968, and they just celebrated 54 years of marriage. And like I mentioned, they've lived in Houston for, I think, about five decades now, and that's where he started running uh, triathlons. Um, That's after doing some 5Ks and 10Ks before that and running, uh, I think he said, about 25 marathons, including New York City and Boston. He's very involved with uh, uh, kids in the area, volunteering for a boys mentorship program, has taught negotiating. He has done mediations. Uh, He's also was involved with a program to grade the deterioration, do research on the world's ocean reefs. Um, He also is a member of team and training, did that for several years, raising funds for research in cancer. So uh, here with me now is my uncle, Jim Rossborough. Thanks so much, Jim, for uh, spending some time with us. Thanks, thanks for, for talking with me, Jason. Yes, absolutely. I, I know that um, I got to come there and, and uh, stay with you and Naomi uh, when I did the Houston Marathon several years ago. And, and uh, I just look up to you so much for your ability to stay fit. Um, you're 86 years old now. So that was kind of where I wanted to start. Um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, how you got into triathlons and the mental aspects of sports and your, your training routines. But first of all, you know, you're 86 years old and people maybe listen to this thinking, man, it's just, just getting out of bed may be difficult for some at that age, but how do you stay in such great shape in your eighties? Well, you know, I, I continue to train, I think is the main thing. I've trained since the seventies. Each week I, uh, each day I get up and I decide what I'm going to do. I either 
run several miles or I bike 10 miles or uh, I'll go swimming as well for a half an hour. And so, so I've been doing that for however many years. Uh, and, uh, and, we, and we enjoy it. Naomi joins me in, uh, in going to the Y and doing uh, workouts uh, where we do a kind of a body pump strength workout uh, and a step class. So that's kept us going. What do, um, what do your friends, whether they're older or younger than you, what do they think about, you know, 86 year old Jim running triathlons and still doing this regular fitness routine? Well, I don't have any friends that are doing it. Uh, and, and, you know, they're very supportive. Uh, so, uh, so I'm thrilled with that. Do you think some people are surprised when you're out there, whether you're participating in an event the last few years or you're, you're at the gym, are they surprised to hear that you're, you know, how old you are? Well, when I go to a race, of course, uh, uh, oftentimes it depends on, depends on the race, you know, they give awards, uh, in age groups in, in, uh, it says they would in marathons. And if you take the last race I did, uh, they decided to give awards for everybody 70 and over. Well, that, that knocks me out as, as being a competitor. But in the, in the world race or, or, the, or the championships in the States, it's the 85 and over people are, are in a class. And, uh, for example, uh, you know, the last race I did was uh, the, uh, the national championship last year up in uh, – in, yeah – and uh, there were three of us, and so uh, one was uh, one was about uh, three years younger than me. One was a year older, and that's the way we finished. <laughs> I was I, so there were three of us, and I was second. What um what gets you motivated? What keeps you going? I mean, obviously, you've been doing this for a long time. Really, kind of uh, at least jogging or more since you were 35 years old. What even now, you know, 40, 50 years later, what keeps you motivated to to do this? Well, you know, when, when we get up, we get up early in the morning, and at uh, first light, which is uh, finally it's getting cool down here, uh, I will go out in the local area and uh, either run or bike and get those those in and uh, we even have a small pool in our condominium and uh, we'll just go down there and swim. So everything is very, is right there. And it's just a matter of doing it. It's just, just putting on the, on the sneakers and running. So, uh, so, so that's just, just kind of a habit. It's a piece of our, of our daily life. Yeah. And, you know, take me back way back, I guess, in terms of when or how you got started running, uh, because, you know, maybe a lot of people in life, no matter what age they are, running's not something that's always popular to do. It's like a, a lot of sports. It's the, the punishment for, for those sports. So how did you how did you get into this? Yeah. So uh, actually, when we first moved to uh, Houston, uh, I read a read a book by uh, what I would get my glasses out. Dr. Uh, Dr. Kenneth Cooper, you were Dr. saying? Kenneth Cooper. He's very well known. And he wrote a book called, uh, about aerobics, basically called The New Aerobics. You can still buy it. I looked, I looked <laughs> on, on, on the thing and it's still available. Uh, and he, he basically discussed uh, that it was healthy to, uh, to jog or do aerobics. 
And I said, uh, and he has he has an institute now still in Dallas. And I think he's still alive. I think he's in his 90s. So I started jogging. And uh, at that point, I was 35 years old. Uh, continued that we, we actually moved to uh, the Netherlands uh, with my job for a couple of years. I continued to jog. And when we came back, uh, actually racing had just kind of gotten started uh, as a sport in, in, uh, in, the, in this country. And uh, so there were 5K, 10K runs. And so I started doing that. I joined a club, it was a, an elder club. And uh, we were doing, you know, three or four races a, a year. And now for you, for you was, is the why or like the reason to, to get out and start jogging and do these races? Was it because you like competition or is it because you wanted to kind of stay fit and keep your weight down or? Initially it was just, just fitness. And I kind of liked it. I liked to like, get out in the morning and just jog. Uh, and like I say, even when we moved to Holland, uh, I would just go out in a park and uh and then then it was it was probably less than 5k then it was just a couple miles uh and and i just find it felt, felt good uh that that was that was the only reason because because there were no races back then yeah it's a it's a, it's a much different world now because right? there's a lot more people maybe into running or even like marathons, ultra marathons, those kind of things. So did you? How did you graduate to the marathon? I mean, because you did did a couple dozen of those, including some yeah. of the big. Well, I was at this club, and they said, said "Well, you know, there's a marathon coming up," and uh, I signed up for it. And uh, so actually, I was I started to do marathons, and I was running uh, two, three, four a year there in the early years. Uh, that, you know, you, you know, when you run a marathon, regardless of what shape you're in, you're wasted by the time you finish. Yeah. And, uh, but, but, uh, again, it was a, it was a social thing too, as well. You know, the, the club people, I had several friends that, uh, we, we ran together. And, uh, so and I guess I could tell you a story of my transition to triathlons was, uh, this was in, uh, what was it, 76, I think it was, when uh, there was Olympics out in Los Angeles. And, and they were running the torch from New York to Los Angeles, came through Houston. So we were out there kind of jogging along with this torch. And I was complaining to my friend uh, who was right next to me, who I knew ran, ran races. I said, uh, Jim, his name is also Jim. I said, and so uh, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just getting tired of these marathons. You just ended up having to take a week to recover. And he said, do a triathlon. It's, uh, it's a lot easier. I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a bike. Uh, sounds like too difficult. He said, and he wrote down a piece of paper. He said, here, go here and buy this bike. And I did that. And uh, by the next year or two, I started my first uh, triathlon just and, and actually, it was just starting in, in Houston. Uh, I think the Ironman had been done just a couple of years before. And so it was a brand new sport. There was hardly any, you know, there's like a dozen people turning out for, for these races initially. And uh, so starting doing that and, and uh, triathlons typically are in three categories. There's the Ironman, there's a half an Ironman and uh, the sprint, which is what I do now is basically a quarter of an Ironman. So it's the, those are the, the three distances. 
And uh, I have never done an Ironman. I've done a, a number of half Ironmans, but uh, but never never the Ironman. No, I think um, you uh, said uh, this um, happened in terms of the Olympic torch in a relay. I think you originally told me it was back in 1984. And, yeah. and so tell me about, you know, um, what, uh, well, I guess the, one of the first questions I have for triathlons, and this is a question maybe a lot of triathletes get, which is your favorite, the, the running, the biking, or the swimming? Uh, for me, it's always the swimming. I, you know, I, I grew up, as you mentioned, on the island of Aruba, and we were in the water all weekend. I mean, literally, at that time, I was a spear fisherman. We would uh, have, a, have a gun, a spear gun, and uh, there were three of us guys that would jump off the end of the island and just float around the end and shoot fish. And we'd, we'd, we'd leave at nine in the morning, get in at three in the afternoon, and, uh, and you know, that's, that's what we did. We would dive down and shoot fish. And so, uh, actually, so that was a different kind of swimming. But, but when I came to Houston, I also joined a, a swim club where we started racing and swimming. And so, uh, so by the time I was uh, doing triathlons, I was a very competent uh, swimmer. In yeah, fact, you're. Um, go ahead. You know, I'm actually going to do a race in a couple of months. Uh, I, I still belong to a, a team, a national team, here in Houston, and uh, so I'm, so I'm basically graduating back to doing uh, swimming races. Yeah, your brother, uh, your brother Don. When I asked him some information about you, um, he uh, he mentioned that your friends, when you know, growing up in on the island of Aruba, that uh, you know, obviously involved in a lot of water activities, and that they would compliment you for being able to free dive and then to stay underwater for I think more than three minutes. I'm not yeah. sure if you can still do that now, but <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> I, yeah, that, that that's that's a, three minutes is a long time, and. Uh, but, but, you know, I still have a, actually, I have a, 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 a uh, I'm, I'm a certified trainer in scuba diving. So I still have that uh, uh, basically uh, facility. So you talked about transitioning to, to like more of like just the individual sports, the, the swimming perhaps. Yeah. Um, so, but how, so why retire from triathlons? I mean, obviously you're about to be 87 years oh, old, but, but, but you've been, you've been doing them for so long. So why, I guess, choose now, I guess, or maybe Na this was Naomi's idea. No, no, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's harder and harder. And, uh, you know, I used to do a, a triathlon and the sprint triathlon, a short one in about an hour and probably 20 minutes at my peak. And it's, it is creeped up and now I'm well over two hours. And, uh, by the time, by the time I've done one, it, I'm pretty wasted. So, uh, so, so it's just, it's just not, I guess not fun anymore. By the time you finish and you're just completely exhausted, that, that's not so fun. Yeah. Well, tell me about what uh, break down for me. Cause some people may know the, the numbers for the Ironman. What is a sprint triathlon in terms of how much of each yeah. activity? Yeah, so a sprint is a, uh, you first swim 600 meters, and then you, uh, hold on a second, you bike uh, 10 miles, and then you uh, run a 5K. Those are the three, three, and they're about, you know, 
in terms of time, they're about the same length of time. Yeah. And, you know, some people may ask, you know, even, you know, for someone your age, I mean, it's, it's hard enough for someone that's like, you know, 25 or 45 or whatever, but to be, you know, in your mid eighties, I mean, um, do you just, is it just like you said, that routine that's a, you're able to actually complete that task? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a function of training. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you don't train regularly, uh, you're, you know, you'll be, be wasted. It's not something you just decide to do and go ahead and do. And speaking of that, what, what is your, what, what was, or what has been your training routine for triathlons or just in general, you talked about, you know, kind of every day doing a two mile run or 10 mile bike or a half hour swim or combination. So do you just, you rotate like different days to yeah, different yeah. things or. So, so I'll, yeah, I'll run maybe three times a week. Uh, actually lately I've been doing the biking just once a week uh, during the weekend when there's not much traffic. And then we, we, we can't, we can swim as many as three or four or five times a, uh, a week. Particularly since since uh, it's been warm here, and we've had the facility right here in our uh, in our at our home. Yeah, and do you have you um, you know whether in your younger years or or, or maybe more recently dealt with injuries um, through any of these activities within the the triathlon? Uh, I've been lucky. I had I had a meniscus repair on my left knee. I'm trying to remember how long ago. Ah, long, long time ago, uh, and uh, that went well. And I, I really haven't had any uh, any other injuries that uh, that would, you know, I've, I I have had cancer surgery right. because of growing up in the tropics, and you know that that laid me up for you know several weeks each time. But uh, other than that, uh, I really haven't had been very fortunate to not have any other in injuries. Yeah. And, and being a cancer survivor and, and, and dealing with like you know, that, the surgery and um, your, your health concerns does, you know, continuing to stay active. Is that just a way like, listen, you know, uh, that I'm going to try to, you know, um, not, not necessarily push myself, but just stay as fit as I can. So when I do have health issues, you know, my body is more capable of fighting them. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's that I don't have that in the back of my mind in terms of health. I just enjoy getting out, you know, early morning at the very beginning of sunrise and running around the, uh, the neighborhood. Uh, same thing. And I love swimming. Swimming is my, still my favorite and really do it for the fun of it. And I, I know that you, um, you know, have um, taught negotiation skills for, for many years you and Naomi have done mediation and a lot of that stuff is, it's very you know, mental um, and sports, you know, whether it be triathlons or marathons or swimming or any sport really, you know, requires men being mentally challenging, strengthening your mind. How have you kind of stayed sharp um, that part of you and, and that part of, you know, kind of being involved in these fitness things? Yeah, I think, I think that the training has, has been helpful to me and, uh, as probably you know, that in, in our family we have had uh, memory problems, and uh, and I, and I and I have memory problems. Uh, you know, if I don't write something down on my calendar, you could forget about it. It it, it won't happen. So, uh, and I and I actually, 
you know, because my mother had uh, had Alzheimer's, uh, I, I have been taking a, uh, a battery of tests every year for about 20 years uh, in terms of, you know, my, where I am on the memory scale. And the last, last uh, test I took was about a year ago. And when I took it, I said, after it was over, the, the test is exactly the same. It's about a four hour test. And I said, oh my God, this, I did, did terrible on that test. And then when they analyzed it and came back to me and said where I am, I said, well, you're about average for a guy your age. And I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry about the people my age. Uh, <laughs> so uh, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an annoyance, but, but uh, you know, if, if I keep my calendar, keep my notes that, uh, you know, I'm doing just fine. And when you're in the midst of one of these races, whether it be a sprint triathlon or uh, a half Ironman, or if you remember back to marathon, yeah. was was it, um, you know, I, obviously, like you said, it can be physically taxing if you're out there doing something for two, four, five hours. But mentally, do you did you ever find that you kind of hit the wall much or did you did you have things that you did um, in, in training that helped you kind of push through? Yeah, not really. I mean, this on this last race I did, uh, it turns out I was kind of in the back of the pack. And when and the run is the last event. And when I came to do the run after biking, there was nobody out there in front of me. And I wasn't quite sure where the next turn was. So I turned down into this into this uh, this area and I figured out, well, that there's there's no marker, so it's not must not be it. So I went back, and, and sure enough, there was a couple of people that were running on the race course, and uh, so that was kind of a incident where my memory uh, got in the way for a little bit. But I, yeah. I, I found it and, and finished. But typically, yeah. you know, when you're on a race, there's somebody in front of you, hopefully, and so you're just following them. Yeah. And uh, we talked earlier about, you know, your wife, my aunt, Naomi, um, and how she's been involved with, you know, um, going on some of these fitness things with you and, and swimming with you and or or biking or whatever. So what, what, how important is it to have that that partner, that spouse that supports you or maybe does some of this stuff alongside you? Yeah, we, so for instance, the work, the workouts we do at the Y, the, the, the weight trainings and the uh, step classes, uh, she's, she does those almost every day. And so I join her a couple of times a week and, uh, and we swim together too. We, whenever we're going swimming, you know, I'll, I'll do my workout and she'll do her swimming. In fact, kind of Naomi did, did not swim when we were married. And when I, I started, when we came to Houston with a swim club and uh, I said, why don't you why don't you just join us? Maybe you can learn how to swim. And in fact, she did. She she joined that team and she did a kind of a simple what's called a side glide for months before she learned it. She's now a good swimmer. And you guys have been married more than 50 years. So I mean, having that shared interest in staying right. fit, whether it be through step class or running, yeah. swimming, or whatever. Uh, what does that do for like a marriage and for a bond well, together? Yeah, we. I mean, and you know, for for instance, in terms of eating, uh, um, you we're you know we're very careful about food. We you know we don't eat any red meat. We eat a little bit of fish. We, you know, we, we eat vegetables. 
So we're also kind of uh, joined in terms of our, our, our eating. So between that and working out, I, I think that's probably uh, a reason why we're doing so well. Yeah. Um, so uh, what's what's next for you? It's like you said, it's going to be some now swimming competitions. Or is that because so, that's like that seems to be your favorite part of, of all this? Yeah, I like swimming. It's really, it's really well, I don't say easy. If you're racing, you're racing. But uh, but for me, it feels like feels much much easier than doing a triathlon and and i'm not going to be doing because in, in swimming racing you can do you know really long distance uh, races as well and i will not be participating in them basically 50 100 yards maybe 200 yards but, uh, but not the extreme events do you ever have like i mean that doesn't have to be at a race it could be at the pool or the y or somewhere else do you ever have like people maybe a lot younger than you come up to you and say, man, you know, you, you're doing great. Um, I mean, maybe that maybe, maybe they don't talk to you about that, but it seems like something that they uh, would kind of stand back in awe that you're able to do this at, you know, 86 years old. Uh, well, you know, if I to give an example, it was a year ago and we did the, uh, the national championships uh, and uh, there are three of us that fit that, that competed and finished. And of course, they have an award ceremony where they they actually present medals to the first, second, and third place. And when we got up on the stage, everybody stood up, and, and we had a standing ovation, basically, because there was nobody else our, our age that were uh, getting awards. So that yeah. was the uh, very very fulfilling, and you know, and now there are actually uh, quite a few uh, men. Uh, over 85 that are, that are racing in triathlons. I'm, you know, do you, I'm, um, I'm not the exception. Yeah. Do you have any other goals, um, whether it be for sports or for life, you know, even at th this stage? Well, not, not, of course, you know, with, with the, uh, with, with uh, the problems we've had with the, the, for the last year, not being able to be with people. One, one of the, my favorite uh, thing to do that I'm in a group called Boys to Men uh, that was actually founded uh, two, 25 years ago in San Diego. And we, we mentor boys in, in uh, both uh, in high school, basically, uh, in, in a group setting. So it's not one-on-one -on -one mentoring. It's basically in a group setting. And uh, it's, it's basically asking them just, just normal conversations, you know, about we'll pick out a subject like respect. And we'll we'll ask them to talk about it. you know how is how is that in your life where 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 do you have respect and where do you don't and and how do you do so it's basically getting boys to talk about their lives and part of it and towards the end of a semester we'll we'll ask them to uh, think about their future and what do you what are you really good at and uh, what do you like to do so make it two make two columns one what you're good at and one was like you'd like to do. And is there an intersection between what you like to do and what you're good at? And we've had several boys who have had kind of an aha experience. Says, says this is what I want to do in life. Now, that doesn't always happen, but 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 it's it's starting them on that path of looking at their future and what the, what do they want to do? Yeah. So so why That's is that very rewarding? Yeah. Yeah. Why is that important to you or why is that rewarding to you in terms of like reaching out to, 
maybe young men that don't have, maybe they don't have a father, maybe they don't have a good mentor in their life. You know, what, what does that mean to you to be able to, to have that opportunity? Yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know, nobody was asking me that when I was in high school, I'll tell you that. And, uh, in fact, you know, my choice of, uh, you know, going to college, I just followed my older brother who, uh, became a chemical engineer and my father was chemist as well. And I, I just did it. I had nobody asked me what it, what is, you know, what would you really like to do or what are you really good at? And, uh, had that happened, I might've taken a different path because, uh, I'm very committed to helping other boys and also I'm in a men's group that, uh, meets every week. In fact, tonight there's a group of us of about, uh, 10 men who meet, meet and talk about our lives. And uh, so, so that's very rewarding to me. Yeah. I mean, it's good to kind of talk because a lot of times maybe at least the stereotype is that, you know, men, males don't talk as much about right. their lives, their yeah. emotions and those kind of things. Um, and uh, we were talking about swimming in Aruba earlier and growing up doing that. Um, you grew up with, um, with two brothers and right. one sister in Aruba, uh, where my, the sister being my mom, Susan. Uh, so what was that like, you know, uh, growing up and not in America and kind of having those siblings? Was it competitive? Was it um, just, do you, you loved being where you were? It, it was a very protective environment that we were, you know, it was like there was 25 people in my graduating class and over half of them I started grade school with. So we, we knew each other really well. And, uh, and, you know, we, we took care of each other. So it was, it was a very interesting uh, way to experience growing up. I mean, there was, there was very little conflict. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot, you know, the question is, where are we going to go dancing this weekend? That was the big, big question in high school. Uh, and uh, so it was that kind of supportive environment that, uh, and, and, you know, we, we, and we keep Connected. Uh, almost all my classmates have passed, but uh, there's there's one just last year. But, but we've stayed connected over the years, and uh, and in fact, there used to be reunions uh, back in Aruba every several years. Uh, there, there's not enough people to do that anymore. But uh, that that was, I think, uh, in many ways, a unique experience. Now, I know you didn't start like really jogging, running consistently until your mid thirties, but back, you know, growing up in Aruba was, was sports, um, a part of your childhood and did you have a desire to like, to be involved in the fitness in that way? Yeah, a little bit. There, uh, it was a small school. In fact, we didn't have a coach until I think I was just a freshman in high school and they decided to bring down a coach. And we actually organized. We had a basketball team, a softball team. Uh, we did a little bit of track, and uh, so uh, he he was he was very influential in, in us uh, starting to do that. To, you know, we swam anyway, but uh, his name was we called him Mr. Downey, and he stayed in Aruba and and just I think passed away, maybe. Uh, Five or six years ago, uh, actually ended up marrying and having a family. And so when we would go back to for reunions, that was the whole question is, 
when is the when is the party at Downey's house? And uh, so he was so he was a very very important influence, uh, particularly on boys who were struggling. You know, I was talking about the boys to men, uh, where we would m- mentor boys. Uh, Mr. Downey was the kind of person that a boy could go to. You know, if things if he was trouble, if he had you know just to talk to. Uh, and so he was very, very important to, to the boys. Would um, you know, like your, your, your coach or your classmates or even your family members, were they surprised when you kind of started getting into like running marathons on a consistent basis or triathlons? Was that something that they were like, well, Jim Rossboro doing that, you know? I, I, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> none of my brothers have gone that route. Uh, you know, Dick passed away a couple of years ago, and uh, and and Do- Donald does you know uh, walk consistently and keep, keeps that up. But I, I don't know. I don't know why that wasn't of interest to them. I I I think I was just very fortunate to have picked up that book and just said I'll try it out, and uh, then then it, it went from there. And it, you know, became a, a kind of, there was a social element to it as well. Uh, we, we had this uh, club that uh, that met uh, monthly and uh, went to races together. So there was a there was also a you know a social dimension to it. I guess we can we can thank that Air Force doctor uh, Dr. Kenneth Cooper for writing that book yeah. and talking about the the health benefits of jogging, right? Yeah, he I mean he he was a huge influence in 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 everybody I think. Uh, uh, starting to exercise. He, and like, as I said, I think he's still alive. I'm not quite sure, but his institute is still there. And, and basically it's an institute about uh, sh- keeping in shape. Gotcha. Well, as we close out kind of story time, uh, do you have a, a favorite race or triathlon marathon, a favorite and a least favorite that you've done over the course of these decades? Well, I, I guess I guess the favorites would have been, it was, it was really kind of a thrill to go to a world championship. I did, uh, I, did, I competed in two. I was invited to others that some that, that couldn't, couldn't be done because of the virus. But, uh, but I, th- I remember it was very thrilling to be racing against. In fact, there was a, there was a guy named Boris from Russia who, who beat me in the, in my first world race he was first and i was second and then in my second race boris was right in front of me also so so i don't know whatever happened to boris but uh but but i i had hoped to meet him again my guess he may have passed on but uh and 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 actually because there were so few of us in the older age groups uh we knew each other pretty well over when, when we would get together and do a national race uh so, so that, that was, that was kind of fun. So with, with Boris, I guess this was after the cold war. So there was uh, you, yeah. you were friendly competitors. <laughs> yeah, no, this was in, uh, when was it? That was when I just turned 80. Gotcha. So uh, is when I raced him and, you know, the, the, the world races have been typically international in terms of they've been in Bermuda, they've been in Australia, all, all over the world. What about any kind of bad experiences where you just really had a rough, rough go of it? Could have been a marathon or another or another event. 
Uh, well, this incident is on this last one where I took the wrong turn was was probably yeah. the most uh, uh, interesting. Uh, but uh, I guess you know one of the one of the kind of the most interesting experiences. Just this, this is probably a year and a half ago in uh, in Wisconsin when when I was doing the the national race and uh, on the run. There are many older women who could race watch, walk, race walk faster than I could run. I mean, so here I am. Run, I'm not running fast. I'm jogging as fast as I could. And here comes this woman who was uh, maybe 20 years younger than me doing a walk and just zipping on past me. <laughs> There's something to be said. And that's a talent. Some people can really yeah. know what they do, the walk, run method. But some people can really fast walk well. They can, some people can do a race walk really fast. Yeah. Yeah. And what would be your message to other seniors? I mean, it could be people in their seventies, eighties, or even older. What would be your message for them in terms of exercise and sports? And, and because, you know, I mean, it, it, like you said, things get harder as you get older. Yeah. So, so I think just give it a try and you don't, you don't have to, to worry about uh, what, where you're placing or anything. Uh, and the nice thing about races is a community event. You're not, you, you may feel that like you're out there by yourself, but it's a community event. And, and particularly when it's over, everybody's very happy. Gotcha. So, so when is this next event for you? This, the swimming coming up? Um, it's this in year? November. So it's, I think mid, mid November. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, I'm really impressed with you, Uncle Jim, uh, all that you do, continue to do on a regular basis. And you inspire, you know, your, your family, but also probably a lot of other people. And I, I know you're humble about that, but, uh, but I appreciate you kind of being consistent with your, your fitness and, and trying to try just to be a better person overall, right? Yeah, I think so. And you, and you meet good people, too, when you're out there as well. And, you, and you've, you've had a great career yourself. I wish you well on your upcoming race. And uh, as, as you mentioned, you did, a, the, you did the, the marathon in Houston, and Zach was here. Yeah, my 5K, son. Doing the 5K, and now he's turned out to be a really a good runner. Yeah, yeah, he's a freshman at UGA now, and I think he still runs kind of recreationally for fun now. But, uh, you know, it's something that, um, you know, people either love or hate, and, and it's a great way to stay fit. It's very, uh, I think running is very visceral. It's like you get a good pair of shoes and then you're off. That's pretty yeah. much most yeah. of what you need, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much, uh, Jim Rossborough, for uh, being with me today. And uh, hopefully a lot of folks get to hear this and uh, look forward to seeing you yeah. at a family reunion or when, uh, when I'm back in Texas sometime. So, so I'm, I'm in the room that you slept in when you did. The, the, oh, yeah. It's not in Houston. So if you remember that, you slept on the floor. Yes, <laughs> I did on, a, on an air mattress. So uh, it was good enough. So, I mean, and the Houston Marathon is still one of my probably out of the 25 marathons I've run is in the top five or 10 because there are just so many people. This is pre-pandemic that line the streets and you're running yeah. all through the, the big city of Houston. So right through the neighborhoods, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Thanks, good luck to you as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. And tell Naomi, hey, for us. Thank you. Again, just amazed, uh, motivated by uh, 
what my uncle's able to do at age 86. And, you know, that age, I'm just hoping to be still moving around, much less doing uh, triathlons or, like he said, going to be doing a, a swimming race here in a few months. So uh, so kudos to him. Uh, really amazing. And, and I need to go check out that book that uh, got him started uh, back in 1970 called New Aerobics, written by Dr. Kenneth Cooper, an Air Force doctor about the health benefits of jogging. So, uh, you know, and speaking of jogging or running, uh, I did complete my uh, about 24th marathon, I think, and it's in the marathon in my 20th state uh, up in Minnesota uh, from uh, Minneapolis to St. Paul. So actually this Friday coming up, uh, the second Friday in October, I'm going to be releasing a, a shorter episode of the Run the Race podcast where I will be giving a race recap of the Twin Cities Marathon, telling you all the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mostly good, so everything went really well and uh, um, and feeling pretty good. A few days later, uh, quads and hips uh, still a little sore, but uh, you'll hear much more about it coming up this Friday, so make sure to check out that episode. and You can listen to all the previous 125 or so episodes of Run the Race, race at WTVM.com slash podcast we're on uh, spotify google play stitcher apple and if you'd like to if you go on apple Podcasts on your phone that little orange uh, that little uh, purple microphone on your uh, iphone uh you go to run the race and you go to the bottom there of all you know some of the episodes gives you a chance to write a review if you can write something on there just a couple sentences of what you like or whatever you know you want to say about uh this, this podcast here and five stars if you like it i uh, would like to continue this going uh, talking about fitness and faith on a uh um, pretty much a weekly basis. So once again, I thank you so much to my uncle Jim Rossborough for uh, joining me on uh, the podcast. Uh, I've had my mom and sister on uh, about a year and a half, two years ago for a kind of a holiday uh, podcast. I'll, I'll keep having some family on if they uh, keep motivating me fitness and faith wise. Uh, now to uh, some closing segments, including uh, some food for thought that's uh, related to uh, triathlons and a parting gift as well. That's you know hopefully going to inspire you in a unique but uh, maybe funny way. This is something I found on the Origym blog. It's O-R-I-G-Y-M. It's just, you know, some triathlon quotes to keep you motivated. And, uh, you know, there, he, you know, Jim, uh, my Uncle Jim Rossborough talked about the 140-mile Ironman race. I've had some uh, Ironman uh, uh, finishers on previous episodes of Run the Race. And uh, whether you're doing that or, or, or a training session or whatever, um, you know, you, you're putting in a lot of sacrifice. Um, and you can get tired. Um, so you have to push through to become, you know, be a more be a stronger, resilient person. And um, if you didn't realize it, that, um, you know, it's the people that do triathlons are amazing athletes, no matter what their age is. In fact, for a single Ironman, um, which again, you know, those, those three different sports that, you know, the, that ends with an actual marathon, 26.2 miles of running after all that swimming and biking, you're burning uh, more than 5,000 calories. So it's definitely considered one of the hardest one day sporting events in the entire world. So brutal that uh, puts some folks off. So, um, you know, and you and, and failing to prepare is really preparing to fail, according to this article. Um, and, you know, you could break a shoelace, maybe have an injury and you got to prepare for it in case, you know, something goes wrong. And you, you can't let your brain, though, be consumed by those fears. you got to live with just kind of full abandon and just kind of go for the gusto, do the best you can, live life to the fullest, and you can achieve your goals. And um, there's a quote from... Um, 
an ultra endurance athlete that's now an inspirational speaker that you know well, David Goggins, um, he said, um, I don't stop when I'm tired. I stop when I'm done. Um, but the uh, the parting gift, the uh, motivation, inspiration that we close out most podcasts with um, actually comes from uh, Robert Strauss. He says, and get this, this is, a, this is a good one. Success is a little like wrestling a gorilla. You don't quit when you're tired. You quit when the gorilla is tired. Maybe that'll give you some inspiration, right? I don't think you're ever going to be wrestling a gorilla and no gorillas are going to be running triathlons, but um, you're definitely up against some amazing athletes. Uh, They're resilient. They're driven. They're determined just like you. So when you're feeling tired, remember you've trained to do this uh, thing, whether it's something at work, whether it's a marathon, whether it's, um, you know, a a big event at the gym, whether it's um, anything, you know, uh, you've trained for it, you've gotten ready for it, um, so you, you have uh, the ability to get to the finish line because you've gotten to the start. That's that's the one of the biggest things. Closing now in prayer, dear God, just uh, thank you for this time to talk about, um, you know, thank you for people like Jim and uh, others that inspire us. And uh, thank you for giving us the ability to use our bodies, uh, that our bodies can do amazing things, that God, that you've given us those abilities and these amazing bodies uh, that uh, just repair and heal and and can do so many things beyond our comprehension. Uh, We just thank you for uh, everything that you give us, not only our bodies, but our minds and our souls, uh, to be able to think and to uh, to in, in this short time we have on earth to uh, to glorify you uh, and to, to be kind to others to mentor others and to, to just live life uh, a life of kindness and love that you would want us to do in your name we pray amen so uh, thank you so much again for joining us for uh, run the race uh, this episode uh, I think number 126 going strong after almost three years and so uh, uh, in the future episodes we're going to be talking about uh, faith and uh, some different kind of fitness things as well but uh, once again this Friday make sure to uh, listen in watch out for that special shorter episode I'll be giving a race recap of the Twin Cities Marathon my latest one that I crossed the finish line for and got some nice bling and uh, some great spectators it really was a great event you'll hear more about it this Friday so uh, until next time hope y'all have a uh, Uh, a great few days.